When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. It is a football Friday with Fred. Fred White will join us, former Tennessee safety, and a big part of our Celebrate 98 series, which is up and running, and that's brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company. So a big show on tap is this will be the last Friday before Tennessee hits the practice field. As again, they will report next week. They'll have their media session to open camp on Tuesday. We will be there, and they will have a lot going on on the field shortly thereafter. They don't do the freshman days, Caleb Calhoun. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm well. They used to do these freshman days, and I think it helped the media more than anything. The first two days were freshman only. And I can remember going out and seeing a guy named Jabari Greer. Good morning to everyone on the message board. Please hit the like and subscribe button. We appreciate you. And I thought that Jabari Greer has quick feet. He's he's going to be pretty good, and he was right. He, he went yes. on to play in the NFL. Yes. World track star too. Yeah, and then a guy named Kevin Burnett stuck with him in the agility drills at what thirty pounds heavier. And I said that I think that he's going to be really, really good. <laughs> so I that, remember the coverage of Kevin Burnett. And there was this feeling that he was a transcendent, like historically great linebacker that Tennessee would have. That you're probably right on that. He um he looked it. He looked it. And he turned out to be very good. Now, was he better than Al Wilson or Raynott Thompson or the guys that preceded him? No. But Kevin Burnett, well, he looked great in practice and he was very, very good. I think he was all you don't think he was better than Raynock? I think he might have been better than Raynock. Hmm. Debatable. I mean, he wasn't All-American. Yeah, no, that's debatable. You could take better than Raynock. Um, I, I could roll with that. We'll have Raynock Thompson before long in our, our Celebrate 98 series. Maybe we'll just ask him. That could be a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. Is this guy better than you? Uh, <laughs> just wondering. Okay, so we've got a lot to get to. 
Colorado heading back to the Big 12. Hey now. Fred White will join us. Hey now. The five most important states outside of Tennessee that contribute to the Vols roster. Great recruiting piece there. Hey now. And the 10 greatest single, single seasons by a Vols wide receiver. So let's start with what made the rounds yesterday. And it's Jeremy Pruitt hired as a PE teacher in high school. And it's after he gets the one-year permanent ban, the six-year show cause. It is today's lead story, and it's brought to you by Zen Sports. And Zen Sports is changing the game. (laughs) Excuse me, Zen Sports, the new sportsbook in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. That means no more deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares on Zen Sports. What you see is what you get with their cash rewards program. You get a lot of cash. A welcome bonus. You can get an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for the first 15 days. Or when you sign up with the promo code HOOKED, unlimited 5% cash back. Keep betting, keep earning with a 3% cash back on your betting volume every month after that. And refer friends to earn a percentage of their betting volume as cash rewards too. Zen Sports bringing the cash back to Tennessee. So if you bet big on sports, you want to be betting on Zen Sports. Zen Sports betting just got better. Finish this sentence. Jeremy Pruitt becoming a PE coach, high school teacher, which I'm sure he's going to coach on the football team. Jeremy Pruitt being a PE teacher is blank. Admirable. I'll say admirable. Okay, why admirable? Because I know he was fired for calls, so he doesn't get to take his buyout, but he collected his millions when he was coaching at Tennessee. He's got 10 years worth of money that he collected as an assistant coach before that that probably paid pretty well at Alabama and Florida State. This isn't the 1990s. This is the era where assistants were making, even as as early as 2009, a position coach at Alabama is making what, Dave, like 300000 minimum? Yes, and you bring up a good point because back in the 90s, these guys were making you know, 60 and 60, 70 assistant coaches. And if, if Johnny Majors had a, a up and gotten fired and lost a lot of those guys, they would have been moving towns, not with a huge bank account. So, yes, if these guys have invested correctly, they should be okay. So we don't feel sorry for him financially. Right, exactly. It's not like he needs this. I think he's doing it because I think I, I will say this much with Jeremy Pruitt. Cheats in recruiting, may not be the brightest guy ever, but I think there is, you know, his dad's a coach. I think he genuinely likes developing football players. I think that's just something he likes to do. And I mean, he could easily be somebody that still, you know, sold his house in Knoxville, invest his money and just sit on his cash and just, you know, go on TV and or go on podcasts or say something. And he's like, no, I think, I think he, I think, all he knows how to do is coach and develop players, and I, I I give him credit for it. I mean, it's it's one of those where he doesn't have to do this, and he knows he's going to get a lot of jokes for doing it, but he's still willing to do it. We're assuming he has invested correctly, so let's let's. And that, that's actually a question too. That's a good point. Okay, so we're, um, you, you know, it's when you got it, sometimes it's easier to spend it. So I I don't know that. Let's assume he's investing correctly. What is your word on the message board? My word is apropos. It's just appropriate. It is what it is because of how bad he cheated. This is not a situation in which anybody's possibly going to hire him. I think six years and that takes him into almost his mid fifties is a long, long time. If I had to pick a second word, it would be a little pitiful. I feel I feel a little bit bad for the man at this point in his career, even though we can argue very strongly, and I could, that he deserves it, that he, he could have gotten Tennessee in a lot worse situation than he already did, and it was pretty bad, and he was bad at cheating. Uh, so I could go appropriate, uh, but I can also empathize, Caleb. It's a little bit sad. I think it also tells you, his strengths, which are very clear, and they're very clear on this Tennessee football team. You look at the Jeremy Pruitt guys that have contributed last year and this year. He was a pretty good evaluator of talent. He didn't miss out on a lot of guys. I'm not saying he's a good coach overall. I'm not saying Tennessee would be better off with him. But, Caleb, when you look at some of the guys that he recruited, Cooper Mays would be one. They've got that dog in them. 
for the most part. Jeremy Banks, maybe too much, but they do have that dog in them. They've got that fight. And um, I, I think one day, six years from now, what would that be? 2027, 28. 28. Um, actually, sorry, 29. 29, yes, as Caleb and I are mastering math today. I got it at seven. Um, so it. I think he'll be a great recruiter again because I think he has a keen eye for talent. I've said this before, Caleb. You and I can determine one stars and five stars if we go out to a skills position camp tomorrow. It's the three to the fours that are more difficult, and I think Jeremy Pruitt's very good at that. It's weird to see him have a skill that he's not going to be able to use uh, with that show cause. So I can feel a little bit sorry for him if I'm if I'm sounding big-hearted. I apologize. Question, would you take him in the NFL as a scout? Well, the NFL didn't. So I, I, I would say this. Um, he, I don't think he's as good of a pass rushing technician as maybe he's been called in the past. And the NFL didn't take him. I think evaluating college to pro is way different than high school to college, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's... They're, they're leaps and bounds. And, and I mean, but I would say, would you say it's a little easier to evaluate college to pro just because high school is, I mean, you don't even, do, do you even take stats into account when you're evaluating high school talent or do you just throw stats completely out the window? Stats mostly out the window, unless they happen to be in like one of those Atlanta area, very strong high school um, regions. Maybe you factor that in a little bit, but How's Jeremy Pruitt going to coach a defensive end that's making $10 million, $12 million, $14 million a year, and they know his background? He He's not a very good communicator with his peers age-wise. He's a good communicator, I think, when he's talking down to you and telling you what to do. And that's not a knock. A lot of high school teachers are. I mean, a lot of high school PE teachers you talk to, and they're talking at you as opposed to with you. Does that make sense? I think he's a talk at you got to high school kids and he wasn't really comfortable talking to people his own age. Yeah. That was actually one of the problems with him when he was even coaching college was I felt that everybody wanted the fiery coach. I think Tennessee fans have been desperate for a fiery coach ever since uh, Philip Fulmer, who was the least fiery coach of all time. And so they kept looking for it and Pruitt was one of those, but there, Dave, isn't there a line between a fiery coach and maybe losing your temper where you shouldn't? And I mean, I remember well, that. I don't, even, I don't even know that he was fiery. I think he was just emotional like any coach would be. And I don't think he handled those situations particularly well. Taking over the offense with, what, two games remaining in the season? That's not a good idea for a defensive coach. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing that really stood out was one of the things that I remember was that did, I don't know if you were. Were you covering Alabama in 2019? I know you were in 2017. Uh, yeah, 20. Yes, 2019. Yes. That was the year where Alabama hosted Tennessee and Jared Garantano did that quarterback sneak that he fumbled the ball and was returned the other way for a touchdown. And he wasn't supposed to do a sneak. He was supposed to hand it off. And yes, Jeremy Pruitt had every right to be upset with Garantano. But he lashed out at him on the cameras and he grabbed his face mask at one point when he was walking to the bench. And I'm like, yep. you don't do that. You know what I mean? You don't, I don't know how you feel. You don't grab a player's face mask when you're angry at them like that. You talk to them, you yell at them, you bench them. But I I don't know how you feel about that. I think you you don't make physical contact with players. I agree with that. Um, Now there's some old school guys a little bit older than me that would argue to the hilt against you in that. And they would say, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I agree with that. And I think you can say you're playing like a jack wagon, not you are a jack wagon. Do you see the difference yes. in how I phrase that? You're practicing like a jack wagon, not you are a jack wagon. I think that's respect on the football field. It's no physical contact, which I think was part of the problem when things started to unravel for Butch Jones in practice. And I think that you just don't call somebody names. You can say you're practicing like a lazy bleepity bleep. Just don't say you are a lazy bleepity bleep. All right. Colorado decided to make some news, which they are doing uh, quite often. Here we go. It is. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the house. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. It's going to be the Pac-5 before long. If they're not careful, Colorado leaves the Pac-12. 
Which does that leave them with eleven teams now? No, it leaves the Pac-12 with nine. Nine. Okay. USC and UCLA are gone. Oh, that's right. Okay, so there were nine. I forgot to count them. Are, do we even have a Pac-12 any longer before we get into Colorado's move specifically? No, because, Dave, let's be honest. Oregon and Washington are going to do whatever they possibly can to get out of the Pac-12 right now. They'll take less money to go to the Big Ten than so to we're stay at, in the Pac-12. I agree. So we would be a Pac-7. Seven. seven. Would and, they take the Fresno States of the world? But they're not Power 5 at that point. The only thing that would keep them afloat would be because, look, Arizona and Arizona State, one of those schools, those two are going to the Big 12. They're gone. They are gone. It's very clear the Big 12 wants to corner the four corners, for four quarters states. So mm-hmm. those two are gone. Utah's probably gone. I think Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are all headed to the Big 12 very soon. So I don't think we're going to have a Pac-12 at all. And it's funny, from the other end, the, the teams that are really in trouble are Oregon State, Washington State. They got nowhere to go. One of the Arizona schools is in trouble because only one is going to be picked out by the Big 12. And I think Stanford and Cal are in trouble. Everybody thinks because they're good in every sport that Stanford and Cal bring some value. Dave, I don't think they bring any value to it. I think in the whole new era of realignment, do you really think Stanford or Cal brings any value at all to a conference? Maybe if you had just the right fit where you needed some academic integrity, but I look at the conferences now and the SEC has its Vanderbilt and the, and, and the SEC is predicated more on football. I know they're student athletes, but yeah, they're athletes. And the big 10 feels like they're uh, a- academically superior anyway. So I don't know why you would pick Stanford up. I, but with the big 10 or SEC or big 12, I guess we're assuming the Big 12 would pick up any of those schools you just mentioned, right? I think the Big 12 would pick up Utah and one of the Arizona schools. I don't think they pick up Stanford or Cal. And I don't think Oregon and Washington want to go to the Big 12. I think Oregon and Washington want to get into the Big 10 and will do whatever they possibly can to get into the Big 10. Okay, if you're the Big 10, what are you waiting on? Why aren't you taking Washington and Oregon? I think, here's why I think they're not, is they want to see how this whole traveling across country to LA 38 million times a year works out. That's my theory. And then if things work out after fiscal athletic year, 2023, 2024, then yes, they could add a Washington, Oregon. That's my theory. I think that's probably true. I think the other part of it is they want to wait and see what's going to happen with the ACC. Everything is a wait and see moment with the ACC for the big city, the SEC, because the most valuable programs to add are go from Virginia down to Miami. There's about seven programs that the SEC and Big Ten would both love to have. Virginia, Virginia Tech, NC State, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, Miami. Those seven, I think, have they, they have a home if they leave the ACC immediately. And I think the Big Ten and SEC see more value in those conferences than they do in the Pacific Northwest. And that's why I think they're waiting on. All right, please click that like button if you haven't subscribed to this point. We'd greatly appreciate that. And also turn your notifications on as we will have the Vol Report with Cooper Mays and the Vol Report with Jacob Warren coming up later today. So that'll be good. And also the the clips have been nonstop coming from Caleb Calhoun. So the YouTube channel is kicking it. So make sure you've got your notifications on. Hit that like and subscribe button. Again, I know we've asked this question before, but I want to ask it one more time especially given what's happened and you have a Colorado that's willing to change conferences. I believe what you say with Washington and Oregon, let me ask you this. Would you take any of those teams if you're the SEC? Out West? Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not opposed to expanding outside of the SEC. I guess you would say South area i think the sec at this point what they're trying to do is they're trying to add a school from every state that was either in the confederacy or a border state (laughs) and so using the civil war as the parameters of the teams that they're taking yes and for the record for people who don't know oklahoma was a pro-confederate territory at the time so they make sense Okay, so who are you taking, Caleb, if you're the SEC and you can pick four teams right now? I can just pick any four. This is easy. One nationwide? No. Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia. 
I would replace Virginia with Notre Dame, but those would be my four. Why wouldn't you go get Notre Dame? Then you're not even necessarily the SEC anymore. You're just huge. Because if I'm the, because I, I, I think knowing the SEC's goals, they want a presence in every Southern state. Virginia, North Carolina is all that's left. And so you want those two. And I think Florida State and Clemson, if I were to cancel one of those out for Notre Dame, I'd actually throw Clemson out. I don't know how much staying power Clemson has beyond what happened this last decade in terms of a strong fan base. Okay, so based off your list that you threw me right there, Caleb, would you have Notre Dame? I think you were thinking of more Southern states. Would you have more? Would you have Notre Dame towards the top of your list? Not over Florida State, UNC, or Virginia. I, I wouldn't. I I think that I, I still I know I'm old school, I'm traditionalist, but I still value regional rivalries and regional connections and things like that. And I think if Notre Dame, it's like who would be Notre Dame's rival? Kentucky? Like who would be the team that Notre Dame like? That you circle like Notre Dame playing this team on a regional fight. They're, by the way, they're not just in Indiana; they're in northern Indiana. Yes, Amish country. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I know that because John Adams uh, refuses to stay anywhere but a Marriott property, and you have to drive through an Amish town to get to a Marriott from South Bend, Indiana, in the middle of the night. Just saying. So, um, I think those the, the, it w- would be weird for Notre Dame because you can't have a tough non-conference slate as they have, which would be like Southern California. Who are the teams that they traditionally play? They traditionally play Michigan, pretty good non- USC, Michigan yeah. state. So Boston college rivalry would they have that they would keep? Would they try to keep Southern California? Is that it? Are they done? That they can't keep USC and Michigan. Uh, so one of those is done. I think, I think they probably you probably scrap for travel purposes. You probably scrap USC because Notre Dame's already going to have to travel a lot playing in the SEC, and at least with Michigan, you don't have to travel that much. Interesting. Will there be more dominoes that fall? But Colorado, getting back to that, good move by them to go to the Big Twelve. Great move. I think the Big Twelve is they're the most forward thinking of the three conferences. Three there's three power conferences now: Big Twelve, SEC, and Big Ten. And the Big Twelve is the most forward thinking because they have to be. Because they don't have the traditional schools that the SEC and the Big Ten do. They're thinking more along the lines of a level of creativity. And I think the Big 12 long-term is going to have staying power because of that. I think right now, the what, what we have to say up front, Dave Larry Scott may go down as the worst commissioner in the history of any sport. The Pac-12 commissioner. Because the Pac-12 I always thought was the most... I knew the SEC and Big Ten were fine. But I always thought the Pac-12 would naturally be stable. Just because it was the only power conference out west. And you really have to screw that up to 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 lose to see power back to the Big Twelve. All right, two minutes of football Friday with Freddie's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Stay tuned. Back with you in two minutes of football Friday with Fred. Fred White will join us up next. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. and Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quién es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'm just doing six for my sauce, 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craven Wings and get you seis más. What was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox. We had inpatient. We had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program. But it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am. And now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadiz today. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. 
Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back. Fred White to join us here in just a moment. Uh, but first, all this Shohei Otani has me thinking. Shohei Otani, in, in case you don't keep up with baseball at all, he can pitch. He can hit. He can do it all. He's the entire circus coming to town. And he is probably going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He's probably the best natural athlete in baseball since in a different way, it's a different generation since a guy named Babe Ruth. People just don't. If you may be a college baseball fan and think that guys hit and pitch, they don't do that in the major league. Who's the best? So I'm going to say he's the best natural athlete in baseball maybe since Babe Ruth, considering it contextually. Uh, Caleb, who's the best athlete in the history of Tennessee football? Natural athlete? Just natural walk on the field. I'm good. And if you can top mine, then I'm giving you a hooker t-shirt because mine is number one and there is no competing. The challenge is on. The gauntlet has been laid. You cannot top this one. Hey now. Called out. Is it Jamal Lewis, maybe? Jamal Lewis was a physical freak. Uh, He was. He was a physical freak but not as freaky as this guy in his time. Uh, Okay. You say, so in his time implies earlier than that. So that's true. Are we going to go Condra Holloway? That's crazy. No. Um, I don't think, I don't think Condra Holloway is a very good athlete. Very, 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 very good athlete. I thought one of the freakiest athletes, and he it, I want to give him a congratulations because he made the College Football Hall of Fame last week. But John Henderson, 6'7, 290, and he ran a 4640, I think. That's insane. <laughs> I didn't realize he ran a 4'6. That's insane. Uh, I just repeated you. I didn't mean to do that. That's a name. Um, all right. You want another guess? Anybody on the message board? If you go to the message board, if you tell me who I'm thinking of, the best athlete um, that Carl has ever. Pickens? No. All right, give it up. It's Doug Atkins. Oh, Doug Atkins for his time. Okay. A transcendental athlete who was uh, 240 pounds about 20 years before defensive linemen were 240 pounds. So keep that in perspective. But literally would jump over offensive linemen, Caleb. He was an incredible natural athlete. And... Uh, he was one of those, maybe a better comparison is like a Shaq. I mean, who has been able to move like Shaq before or after? Just physical freak. Um, if you want to go and multiple people- sports, there's Bo Jackson and, and Deion Sanders. I don't, I'm, I'm sure Atkins could do whatever he wanted to, whatever field he showed up on. And for people questioning, and I think you and I do this the same way, Dave, when we compare athletes, it has to be relative to its time. And so right. what? when I say something, so for instance, Technically, Usain Bolt has beaten all of Jesse Owens' records for running track. But Jesse Owens was a greater athlete for his time than Usain Bolt is for his time. Because Jesse Owens dominated more than Usain Bolt did. I think we would agree with that, right? Yes. Yes, I can roll with that. Yeah. Yeah, and Talk Troop says, got to go back and see some from this guy. And just one of the most incredible interviews I've ever been a part of. And I've talked about that before. But, I mean, literally, you're talking about... This is not, I don't think this is an exaggeration. By the way, I played last night with the uh, Golden State Warriors against my son. It was an all time Warriors. So basically, just the team that won a championship with Will Chamberlain still beat me by 18 points. But I think Doug, Doug Atkins is basically 
Wilt Chamberlain of football for that era. I think he was that good. Yeah, I could, I could, I could, I could absolutely roll with that. The crazy part about Will Chamberlain, if you say that, is Will Chamberlain could actually have run with those Golden State teams. He was ridiculously fast. I was reading about his, you know, for a guy that big, he could he could have played in the in these type of offenses that the NBA runs today if he wanted to. He was also an incredible racquetball player. Did you know that? Did not know that. Interesting. Okay, go ahead and pull that up if you can on the screen. Just go racquetball player Will Chamberlain. And imagine him standing just in the middle of the court and you you had no way of hitting the ball around him at any point because it's all a game of positioning, just like rebounding. Have you found a picture of Wilt Chamberlain before we get to Fred White on the cover of Racquetball Inc. magazine? Uh, it's Racquetball Inc. magazine? Okay. I, I have no idea if it's Racquetball Inc. I don't know if they I even, that... even included I... back then. But, no, but I see a picture of him playing volleyball, and he apparently dominated with that, too. You know who else uh, plays volleyball, don't you? Who? Thank you, Nico. Oh. Yes, he plays I mean, Will, okay, just saying, Will, seeing Wilt Chamberlain's body playing beach volleyball makes you see that's this is how he got 10,000 women. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing that people don't realize. Like, a lot of times these guys get bigger and out of shape uh, at the later in their lives, but you know, there was a time where Shaquille O'Neal had a six-pack, and I know that sounds crazy, but uh, best natural athletes to play Tennessee football uh, as Shohei Otani looking for a new home, it appears, or could stay, of course, with the Angels. But who else comes to mind as far as great natural athletes uh, on Tennessee? If you go back to – I think Condridge is a very good one. Um, you, you know your Tennessee football as well as anybody. Can you go back any what further are- than that? Well, even recent, what about Jason Witten? I mean, that was a natural athlete when you look at his size and his speed. Uh, yeah, and and still to this day, there are a lot of a lot of people that were involved with that football team that says Jason Witten would have been every bit as good of a uh, a defensive end as he would have a uh, tight end. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that he was. He made the switch pretty easy, and he was statistically is Tennessee's most successful tight end of all time. Is that right? I think I think he might be. Um, there are probably some other ones. I'm trying to think. I know Luke Stalker had a pretty good statistical season in 2009. Um, I'll throw one at you, not just because he uh, he's uh, going to be on the Celebrate 98 series, but when you stand next to Deion Grant and you realize he's a true 6'5", or six four, and the way he moved—that's one that takes you aback. Sometimes you stand next to these guys, and I'm sure you stood next to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's a solid six five. He's not kind of six five. He's a solid six five. So that um, you, know, you have to consider size speed ratio. So, um, but then another one that deserves to be in the conversation is Albert Hainsworth. Yes, he was. If, if Albert Hainsworth, and he would admit this had a little bit more of a mature approach towards football. He already made, what, over $100 because he got franchise tagged twice. He got the $30 million from Washington. So he already did really well. He could have been a guy who made even more, $150, $175 million. He's probably just right at over $100 million. Portions of the program brought to you by Craft Treats. Think of some more for me. Uh, these guys don't need Craft Treats because they're doing just fine. Go to crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. The promo code off the hook and get 20% off. That promo code will get you 20% off the chill pills, which are awesome if your pet is suffering from digestive issues, arthritic issues, or uh, perhaps even just anxiety. Crafttreats.com, use the promo code off the hook. So who else is on that list? I got a Dion Grant on there for you when I think size, speed, ratio. I mean, go ahead. What about Leonard Little? Yeah. I would think has to be on there Uh, that. Yeah, I would definitely uh, think Caleb Leonard little would be on there. He is. um, Well, he was just even in the NFL, he was just an incredible athlete. So uh, Fred White said to join us here momentarily practice will open next week. And what do you want to see if you're Josh Heupel out of the first week of practice? I mean, I want to see 
who's rotating where at the offensive line? I think that's a big question. That's probably one of Tennessee's biggest questions. And I, you know, the cliche is to say you want to see Joe Milton, but I think what we saw, I think we saw in the spring already what we needed to see from Joe Milton. And so I don't feel like Joe Milton is, I don't think that's going to change much. So I want to see who's rotating where on the offensive line. I also want to say, see who actually gets more reps in the slot. Is it Squirrel White or is it Dante Thornton? Because I think we know who's stepping up at white out for Tennessee. And I want to see how he rotates the defensive backs, because I think that's a big, big question over who's going to, you know, Warren Burrell is back. I don't think Warren Burrell played in the spring, did he? Because he was still hurt. Right. And so he's going to be back. So who's, who's getting those reps at cornerback this year? Because everybody knows they need some help there. <laughs> so that's what I really want to see. Reps at cornerback. The other thing that if I'm Josh Hypo, I want to see early in spring practice. I don't care if it's Omari Thomas or who it is, but I want to see somebody winning battles against the guys that are pretty nasty on this offensive line. I think you've got an offensive line right now that's got a mixture of some guys that are nasty and a mixture of guys that's, that are talented and to get nastier. So I'm going to talk trenches first. One of the things, this is based off conversations I've had with, with some people within the program. You, you'd like to see Gerald Mincy just be a dog. And he's an extremely talented offensive lineman. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Crawford, who's very tough, but I think you'd like to see him step up. And then I think you would like to see maybe an Addison Nichols take a big step up. And I think that has to do with a big time psychological move that he has to make to want to be that type of dog that want that, that wants to battle. And then I, I want to see somebody, whether it's an Omari Thomas or whoever it might be, Caleb, I want to see them beat Cooper Mays once or twice. I think he is a, an example of a talented player that has a lot of dog in him. But if a guy can beat him up front once or twice, it means he has made a, a major step. So I'm not rooting against Coop any stretch of the imagination, but I am going to go ahead and tell you that, you know, somebody up front needs to show that they are an angry football player. And Caleb, I don't know that we've seen that out of a lot of guys um, on the offensive line that are going to be expected to step in and play some, some real snaps. And I don't think we've seen it consistently on the defensive line. You? No, we haven't. We have seen it from Cooper. I mean, I remember Cooper blocking against, oh, I, I always forget his name, but the 400-pound lineman from Florida last year. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. And, I mean, I saw some anger in that one. And I remember him and Hooker played with a little bit of anger, funny enough. More moxie than a lot of other guys. I remember him running, getting tackled by a Florida guy, and him getting up and, you know, very, very measured Christian Hendon Hooker just looked like he was cussing out the guy. And so I, I think that – I think you sometimes see it on offense. I, I agree. I, you know, I think a lot of defense, particularly in these practices, I feel like the focus a lot of times is catching your breath because Tennessee's running so fast and you're focused on just trying to keep your, keep your energy because I mean, they, they Heibel's worrying you out on defense. Leads to being better prepared at Florida. Pretty big game there. So uh, Robert asked the question, what's the fix for poor pocket presence? I brought this up yesterday uh, Travis responds with patience and a better release. Got to stay in there, make the throw and take the hit too. I believe lack of uncertainty, Travis, I would add to that. And we've talked to uh, Joe Milton. We've talked to Hendon Hooker. I think 50% of their errant passes are not being on the same page as their receivers, Caleb. I don't think it's just being inaccurate. I think this is a little bit like the option. When do you give? When do you pull in the option game? And I think when, where do you read that safety? So pocket presence is a big one for me. I've questioned that about Joe Milton before. I don't think he looks completely comfortable in the pocket, but that's confidence. And you can do the same thing that you do in preseason camp, Caleb, and I'm sure you know this because Peyton Manning was a big part of starting it throughout the summer. So they have done this stuff throughout the summer as far as working on timing. Skill positions can benefit as much from the summer as they can from the fall. So I would expect that you would see Joe Milton, who's more comfortable and comfortable in the pocket. I would expect that you would see a Joe Milton who's more accurate early on because of the timing that he is, you would hope developed over the summer, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, and that's the point. It, it, the onus on those things falls on how much work the quarterback and receivers are willing to put in when the coaches can't run practices in the all season. And that's, that's really the tell. I will never forget Peyton Manning. And I had so much respect for him. A lot of people got upset with him when he was coming back from injury, going to Denver. 
And uh, the players union had just renegotiated their new deal and they, and there was a limit on two a days that were allowed and Peyton <laughs> undercut everybody. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was really upset that we don't have more two a days. Cause I really need to get my rapport in with the receivers and, you know, the coaches can't run those. So I guess got to force us to run it on their own. And it was like Peyton wanted more practices because he was trying to get his rapport. And well, a lot of players put, didn't like that. And he put up the pictures mandatory or the, the, printed off the signs that said mandatory practice 6 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. And it actually was an NCAA violation. He couldn't put that up. But Peyton did that in college? Yeah. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe I, the only reason I haven't brought that story up is I was sure that you had, you had heard it. But, yes, they had to go through and take them down because they can't be mandatory in the summer. Even though with that group, they were pretty darn mandatory. Fred White in a couple of minutes of football Friday with Fred as he, I think, is wrapping up a monster All-State deal. Uh, go with Fred White, especially if you're in Georgia. Uh, Fred White, All-State. A Football Friday with Fred. Two minutes. Stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun on Dave Hooker. To own the more that owns every job, then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry. I'm a jeweler. And we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Check out offthehooksports.com. Recent redo that we're pretty proud of. And also, Caleb, some pretty good content up there as well. Give us a rundown uh, this afternoon and this weekend. I'm going to have a feature story on Joe Milton that I'm looking forward to putting together. And also, who is the one Tennessee football player that you would like to put in bubble wrap right now and not let him get hit, not let him cross the street because he could trip and fall. Something could happen. The most important player, the player that has to stay healthy on this Tennessee football team is... Someone that oh, I will tell you about, about it's, off the is someone that I will tell you about off the hooksports.com. Okay, I don't want to spoil tease it in the biz, Caleb. All right, so what else we got uh, online before we dive into some uh, recruiting info? Go for it. Uh, so we've got the 10 greatest seasons in history by Tennessee football receiver. We've got the five most important outside states contributing to the roster. We're going to talk about a couple of those. I got an article today coming out. I meant to get this out yesterday. We're going to have it out today for you guys about how this new NIL law that's proposed by Congress 
is a completely billionaire manufactured law to protect the boosters from themselves because they're tired of shelling out money for players and they don't want to have to do that for their teams to win. So they want a law to protect them from not from choosing not to shell out money. Are you telling me the rich want to get richer? Yes, the rich are trying to protect themselves from themselves. It's the same thing with a hard cap in football. And I don't know how you feel about it, Dave. I used to be for it for competitive balance. I hate the hard cap in football. I really do. I'm like, that is the, the only reason the hard cap exists is because one owner doesn't want to be forced to spend a lot of money if another owner is willing to spend that money. So they're like, please save us from ourselves. Well, why don't you figure out figure things out yourself? Yep, pretty true. Today's tough question is how about right now today's tough question take a side take a stand the dave hooker show a presentation of off the hook sports.com the most important state that contributes to tennessee's roster is that's today's tough question brought to you by andy mason andy mason real estate.com with andy mason you'll know that you get the you will get the best price and services in the biz. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. What's the most important state when it comes to Tennessee football recruiting, Caleb Calhoun? Georgia. Outside of the state of Tennessee, it's Georgia. And you can look at this roster, and there are maybe 12, 13 guys from the state of Georgia that will be in the 2D depth chart this year. And so... The question was to me became after doing this was not what's the most important state. It's what's the most important state after Tennessee and Georgia, because Georgia is obviously going to, I, I feel like, has there ever been a moment in Tennessee history, Dave, where Georgia wasn't the second most important state at least? No, I don't think so. But let me ask you this. Would you argue Georgia over Tennessee? Take out the emotions of losing um, like guys like T Higgins and it's embarrassing and it hurts your recruiting as a whole more than just the prospect. But if you could dominate Georgia or dominate Tennessee, could you make an argument that Georgia is more important to Tennessee's college football recruiting than the state of Tennessee? Or does that just sound too crazy to accept? No, easily. It's easily true. It's easily <laughs> true. And, and now the thing is, the only reason Tennessee is more important is because you can't dominate Georgia because Georgia's there. But if Georgia wasn't right. there, I mean. Right. If Georgia went out of business, they moved to Europe like the Jacksonville Jaguars will do eventually, and Tennessee could call that Tennessee South, they'd be in pretty good shape. I think we could agree with that. Yes, they'd be in amazing shape. The only reason, the thing that's helping, the, the reason Tennessee stays the most important right now is Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren on offense, funny enough, but on defense, the whole defensive line is Tennessee. Tyler Baird, Amari Thomas, Bryson Eason. I mean, that's all Tennessee. Elijah Simmons, that's all Tennessee right there on the defensive line. And Arian Carter now at linebacker, who I think is you and I both think is going to be a superstar. Uh, so I, I, I think that's where Tennessee – Tennessee still edges out Georgia. And this was even the case in, like, in, in the heyday. Yes, you, in 98, you talk about the, the, the Magic 3, Deion Grant, Kosey Coleman, Jamal Lewis, and that's true, Fred White also from Georgia. But you still had Al Wilson. And yeah. <laughs> who if you don't have, have Al Wilson, you don't have a championship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you, you've got to have a mix. You've got to have a mix of the guys that want to play because it's a T on the side of the helmet. And you've got to have guys that want to come for other reasons that generally accept those traditions and become a part of the football program, which probably isn't as big as it is. Caleb is Dante Thornton going to uh, have 1500 yards this year go to the nfl and come back to tennessee for all of their alumni events probably not i mean it's a it's a big deal now and that's why you know they used to go through basically a teaching session philip fulmer would of what general neyland meant and the fact that he was in the war for kids that didn't know i don't know if they do that anymore um but yeah that's a theory about having some guys that are outside the program that bring a high level of athleticism and then having some guys within the program saying Al Wilson within the state that they just want, they just want to win for Tennessee. They don't want to lose to Vanderbilt because it could hurt the college football playoff chances. They don't want to lose to Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Yes, I agree. I agree on that. Now outside of Georgia, want to guess the most important state for Tennessee this year? Okay, so this is your list for this particular year? This particular year, yes. Okay. I, I would still say it's Georgia. No, I said outside of Georgia, though. 
Okay, outside of Georgia, I would say it's Louisiana. I wanted to put Louisiana on there because I think they have two key guys in Dylan Sampson and Jordan Matthews, but that's really all they have. So I couldn't even put Louisiana in the top five. Okay, so who else you got? It's Florida. It's Josh Heifel's pipeline. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And Joe Milton, who played at Pahokee and Orlando, could strengthen that pipeline. Yes, he he could. I mean, that's South Florida and that's mid-Florida. So he could strengthen that in a couple ways. I was doing some research on the story we're going to have about him, and he got covered extensively in Orlando. And even his transfer news got covered extensively in Orlando. So, yeah, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he is is well-known in that area and I'm sure has a pocket full of fans. And you would love to grow recruiting connections there, especially with IMG Academy just down the road. Oh, exactly. And Tennessee's got one starter. I think both tackles are going to be from Florida this year because you and I both think John Campbell is going to start at left tackle this year, right? I do. And, and Gerald Mincy on the right at right tackle, they're both from Florida too. So that's an important one. Another one, by the way, and this is a very long tradition from Tennessee, as you know, because they went out there more than anybody else. California is the third most important state for Tennessee this year. Because Brew McCoy is such a big deal. And along with Brew McCoy, McCollin Castles and Omar Norman Lott could both play. And there's this guy named Nico who, even though he's not the rejection starter, kind of stealing a lot of headlines for Tennessee. Yeah. Mincy needs to toughen up. He, he In particular, he's a guy that needs – that, that's – that's coming with some insight. He, he needs to take that next step. Darnell Wright was not on anybody's recruiting draft board this time last year. Mincy has not quite that physical ability, but in the ballpark to, to be able to elevate his play to being a well-respected uh, prospect in the NFL. But he's got to get tougher. Right now, I think Crawford's a little bit tougher. And um, I think that's why that could be a battle. Are they going to try to play both? Remember, they played a couple of a different because of injuries, a couple of different left tackles last year in the first month of the season. And I think it partly was because of injury. I think partly because one didn't completely win the job. That might be the uh, I'm told that might be the case at right tackle this year. We'll see. Yeah. And it was actually the same two people, Mincy and Crawford, left tackle and right tackle. Mincy, just a quick story, kind of came at my old job came at me on twitter last year for seeing that he makes too many pre-snap mistakes at one point and said he got a lot of attention and he tried to be like i only got one penalty but whatever and i'm like i I, look i like honesty in athletes i do i like them expressing their feelings but i gotta be honest if you're worried about what a blogger seeing on twitter you're you you probably have some other issues with your focus at that point yeah that's the overarching concern right there caleb is (laughs) not even what he said the fact that he cared uh, yes. I didn't know that story. You hadn't you hadn't shared that with me, but that's ugh. and as we've had an opportunity to look back, the ten greatest single season uh, by a Tennessee wide receiver. So when we d- dig into this, we find that what's the similarity that Tennessee we did running backs yesterday has had a lot of good wide receivers, and they have had a lot that have had big times seasons for the ball. So I want to go through this list and this guy makes the list. He's a polarizing figure of the future. Kelly Washington back in 2001, he was number 10. I don't know your thoughts on Kelly Washington. I think that he was, um, I think he, he, he came out a little bit strong and then was going to turn things around and be a beloved player. I think he worked incredibly hard, but with a neck injury, he didn't have a chance to, uh, correct his his image, which I think went uh, south when he's pointing up at the stands and that sort of thing. But I thought actually Kelly Washington was going to turn into a very good teammate and football player, which probably stuns a lot of people in the message board. Yeah, the debate for me was, do I put Kelly Washington in 2001 or do I put Dante Stallworth in 2001? And I went with Kelly just because Kelly play- Dante missed three games. But I, I, I will say that had Dante played the whole season, Dante probably would have been the one on this list and not Kelly Washington. But Kelly, going over 1,000 yards, that 256 receiving yards game against LSU, you just can't ignore. Larry Seavers, uh, 1975, 41 passes, 840 yards. We're talking a different time, but Larry Seavers is one of the beloved players in Tennessee football history. That's number nine. He started wide receiver U. I mean, he literally started it at Tennessee. And that 75 year, 
840 yards in 1975 is like 1400 yards now. So that's, you know, I, I, I the stats aren't fully there, but I, I wrote this out with the exception of Willie Galt and Carl Pickens. I feel like if you're an all American, you automatically make this list. And the only reason I left Willie Galt and Carl Pickens off is because they kind of made it more as return specialists and receivers, not just receivers. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't think that, not that Carl Pickens wasn't a great receiver, but let's be honest, Carl Pickens was just as well known for his electrifying ability in the punt return game. Yep. Uh, give us some of your thoughts, best receivers in Tennessee football history as far as a single season. Uh, number eight is Tim McGee. That was in 1985. I feel like between Seavers and between some of the Pickens and the Alvin Harpers of the world that McGee kind of gets forgotten and a little bit left off. Maybe Stanley Morgan overshadows him in the 80s too. He was incredibly good in 85. I'm interested to see what you say about Joey Kent um, because McGee had 50 catches for 947 yards, seven touchdowns in 85. Because Joey Kent in 95 – you've told me before that you didn't think Joey Kent was an elite receiver and that Peyton Manning was responsible for a lot of those yards, which I would agree with. Is he getting credit because Peyton Manning was so darn good? Yes, but that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, the the person I have number one on this list, I wouldn't take his, I wouldn't take him over a lot of the receivers on this list, but he still had the best season because he was in the right scheme. And I mean, production matters. Joey Kent had back-to-back thousand yard receiving seasons it was because of Peyton Manning. I mean, Tennessee produced a thousand yard receiver in 95, 96, and 97. They had this guy playing quarterback for them in 95, 96, 97 that, you know, just kind of had a huge role in that. But Joey Kent got two of those. And I think the 95 one was a bit more impressive than the 96 one. Yep. You had Justin Hunter, number six. I thought he had the physical ability that he could have been, he could run with the, uh, with the Alvin Harpers and those guys, I don't think there's any question. And and I say that uh, knowing that he ran with some pretty good ones, uh, Derek Rogers and Cordero Patterson, uh, Peterson, Patterson, Pat, Patterson, excuse me. But I thought Hunter was the, the best of the three. What did you think? I did too. And for all of Julie's faults and had a lot of them, he actually did well coaching receivers. But you, as you know, that was the one – area of football he knew well he's not really a ball guy unfortunately he didn't know x's and o's that well even though he he hates it when you say he's not really a ball guy by the way he gets really mad but like (laughs) you and i both know he's not a ball guy but receivers is one area where he actually knew and he coached receivers well peerless price in 98 didn't have a thousand yards but you could argue number one because of a key catch against florida state the way he played that entire season he was the one player i thought that could really stretch a defense and Tennessee was able to run the ball. You you just couldn't leave peerless out there on an Island for an extended period of time and not get burned. you got Cedric Tillman, 2021 Marcus Nash, 1997 Robert Meacham, uh, 2006. So we've got some other honorable mentions, including Jawan Jennings in 2019, Josh Malone, 2016, Lucas Taylor, 2007, uh, Cedric Wilson, 2000, Corey Fleming, 1993. So the best season ever turned in by a Tennessee player. Name it on the message board and you're winning a hooker shirt because if you don't know this, then you're absolutely insane. This is the easiest number one of any list that's ever been created. I mean, you want to give a hint? Because there's a delay before we get sometimes our, our post. But if you want to get a hint, you can. Not sure what hint I can give that wouldn't just straight up give it away. Uh, it's not Jalen so Marriott. <laughs> How about that? It's not Jalen Marriott. The first person that puts it up there, you know who it is. Jalen Hyatt last year. He won the bullet in a cough. That means you're a pretty darn good receiver rocky top tom says oh well i mean hyatt had five darn scores against bama in one game but last year he would be my guess you're absolutely right robert do you have a shirt yet sir because if you don't uh be sure and email me at dave at off the hook sports.com i will take care of you we got a text line coming up pretty soon that we're excited about he's caleb calhoun i am dave hooker this has been a presentation of off the hook sports 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.